Hello, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations, a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I'm Laura Carfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Breast Cancer Conversations. I am so thrilled you guys tune in week after week to hear these amazing, inspiring stories. And if I haven't yet met you personally, I am dying to. So feel free to join any of our upcoming virtual events. I attend most of them, most frequently our Thursday Night Thrivers support group, which offers just like great camaraderie. It's no agenda. We hang out on Zoom every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. We also have a book club where we read amazing books that have nothing to do with breast cancer. We meet up the first Sunday of every month. We have our Movement Mondays, plus a whole bunch of other stuff going on. So if you're not subscribed to our newsletter, please do so ASAP so you don't miss a beat. You can register at survivingbreastcancer.org. So today I am pleased to continue the conversation once again with Eileen Kaminsky. Eileen is the renowned writer and voice behind The Cancer Bus, because how many times have we heard, oh, it's just cancer? Well, at least you didn't get hit by a bus. The whole idea of me and Eileen coming together is to talk about writing and the role that writing plays in healing. And this isn't saying you have to start a blog. This isn't saying you have to go out and write a book. We just talk one-on-one about how having a journal has been really therapeutic for us. We also get into the nitty-gritty about the blogs that we love to follow, people we like to comment on, people who are inspiring us, etc. So if you don't even consider yourself a writer, not to worry. This episode is definitely for you. Welcome to the conversation. We've been talking off and on for the last couple of weeks, and I'm so glad to be able to share your story with our listeners on a variety of subject matters. And so today I am curious to know, actually, there's a lot I'm curious to know, but my first question is, we know that your parents were divorced and got a divorce when you were at a young age. How has your childhood experiences influenced your writing and what continues to inspire you? I don't remember anything before they got divorced except a few minor things here and there, which I think our memories are influenced by photographs, which also influences my writing a lot too. Like memories of photographs of my parents, of my grandparents, of you know family get-togethers, but all before I was seven. I can remember everything afterwards. I have one younger brother, and then I uh, now have, well, I've had a stepsister for 40 years now. So my mom married when I was about 16, I think, but they've been together since I was about 10. So I grew up in New York City. When I was eight, um, we moved to Miami because my grandparents had all moved there. And that's where my mom's support structure was. And smartly, she went and worked for a pediatrician when we were young. So we had good health care and, you know, all of that. Yeah. And it was close to our schools and stuff. So she wouldn't have to go too far to so she was pretty smart about how she was a working mom, single, but I think all writing comes from trauma at some point or joy. So if you're extremely happy, when I'm extremely happy, I write. When I'm extremely down, I write. For cancer, I've had so many ups and downs that I write all the time. I have notebooks all over the house. Our youngest memories, our youngest influences, whether we were readers and writers then, 
will influence whether we're readers and writers now, but not necessarily so. So what do you say to someone who's just starting off or like doesn't maybe even like to write? What do you say to that person? Take five minutes a day, just five minutes, no pressure, right? So you can do it anytime, wherever you want, just do it by yourself. I want you to just find one thing in the day that either surprised you or brought you joy. And only write about that. Just write about that. A lot of times in our breast cancer community, we hear the expressions, you don't look sick, or aren't you over it yet? Yet at the same time, we're harboring a lot of emotions. We're very angry. We're dealing with loss, loss of body parts, loss of friends, loss of femininity, etc. And so I think even going back to a couple episodes ago when we were talking about poetry, some of our language is angry, right? We're allowed to express anger. May I ask, are you angry? Do you write about anger? Well, I'm angry because, you know, I'm still tired. I'm still on medications. I'm still doing all these things. But everybody treats me like I'm just perfectly fine. And I'm not. I'm not fine. I need to take time out for myself and all this. So instead of switching it to let's build on that anger, let's build on the joy that you found in your day. You can go from just choosing to have a joy journal, let's say, or, you know, a surprise journal, or whatever the heck you want to call it, right? To expanding that out and then incorporating that journal into, say, whatever brought you joy that day or didn't bring you joy or things that were terrible, right? Because it doesn't feel like it matters as much when you get it out. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, if you get it out, you don't necessarily take it out on people. And I think that that's a good lesson that I've learned is I know if I didn't write that day, I tend to find myself ruminating a little bit more in my head, which is not good because that leads to anger. So I try when I write a a poem to incorporate joyful things or whatever I'm thinking about at the time. Usually my poetry starts with a couplet or a line or even a title or something that inspired me. Um, I've been very inspired now here where we live in the Sierra foothills of California by nature. So it's incorporated into my writing. So you'll see this shift from when we moved from San Jose, which was the capital of Silicon Valley, to way out here, like three hours away, 45 minutes from Tahoe kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a very different lifestyle that promoted a very different kind of writing. I love this idea about journaling, capturing the joy that we have also capturing the grief so we have an outlet and not necessarily take it out on our loved ones. Are there things in your poetry that haven't come out in spoken word or written word? Are there things that you experience that does not translate into poetry? What you probably can't see built into my poetry is metaphors about my hair, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The sadness that you have from losing and loss, you can see that there's loss in the poetry. You can I've written about loss and cancer a lot for the blog because I think that's one of the things that my readers comment a lot about is I lose so much. I lose my femininity, 
I lose mm-hmm. my hair, I lose my breasts, I lose my sexuality, I lose my identity, my physical identity. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we lose our emotional identities. I think that um, journaling or writing of any kind can help you guide yourself through these things. There's exercises that you can do. There's writing prompts that I provide too um, that are just super simple. And I read a lot of books about memoir writing. Mary Carr wrote a really great seminal book on um, memoir writing. It's really about being honest with yourself privately. And if you choose to make that public, like I have, the more honest you are, the more people want to read it. People can sense insincerity a mile away. People mm-hmm. know it. They, they sense it. They sniff it out. They're like, this is completely insincere BS. I don't want to read this. And what I've noticed is actually funny. And I was commenting with another blogger friend of mine, um, which was the things we think are going to be really good get like no readership and the things we think are just garbage, right. That we put out there that are just like these kind of like data dumps spewing things. People love that stuff. And that's what they want is truth. They don't want highly polished stuff. They're not reading a book. They're reading a blog entry. They're looking for something personal, taking your writing to the next level. If you choose to make it public and make it one of the 300 million blogs out there, because I think that's about how many there are. Expect that you're going to have a small audience. Expect the audience is going to be very specific to your genre. There's a whole continuum of writing. You don't have to do a blog. You don't have to show anyone your journal. You can write terrible poetry and keep it to yourself. That's perfectly fine. Right? Mm-hmm. Just write. I think it's going to help. And that's what I tell everyone. Just put pen to paper start somewhere and if you hate it okay and use this one prompt and i think i stole it from somebody i'm trying to think who i stole from i think i stole it from um rachel naomi remen who's a physician um she wrote a book called kitchen table wisdom Mm. and she's involved with commonweal she was one of the founders of the cancer help program that i went to both six years ago and two years ago um, before we moved into the house. It was important to me to have a retreat um, before I shifted from one place to another. And so we talked offline a little bit about this retreat. And I want to ask you what your turning point was when you were on this retreat talking to this gentleman, Michael. What did you say to him? I don't know who I am anymore. I don't have a career. I can't go back to work full time. I thought I could, but I can't. Um, I'm exhausted. I am, you know, I did really well in my first line treatment, which was Zalota. I was NEAD for mm-hmm. about seven months, which is great. And then it hit like a ton of breaks. Um, but, you know, I, I don't feel like I have a path ahead of me. He said, Eileen, you do. You're a writer. He said, I've seen your writing. You're an amazing writer. Call yourself a writer. If you have something to call yourself, 
that's what you can call yourself. And I looked at him and I thought how one word can change your outlook is amazing to me. It really is. Just one word that changed my perspective on who I was, what I could do, where I could focus, how I could put my, and, and I had a book with me um, that I still have that's completely full that I filled up half that journal and is a huge drop because I use like gigantic journals like this one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's super big, right? Because um, I draw in it too. So that's the other. And I, I like journals that don't have lines in them because I tend to like put stuff in too many margins and things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're looking for yours. <laughs> I was. And you know, it's funny because I have multiple journals and mm-hmm. I leave them and I, I would love to talk about this a little bit too. I have a couple questions as follow up, but I have multiple journals because anytime I'm at a bookstore or traveling or anything, I just love buying them. I feel like I need Me too. Me some too. that are yep. like, you know, spiral bound, some that are right. more leather, right. some that are pretty yeah. with the fun sayings. Um, right. And right. I have them all over my house and in my purse Me and too. at my job, like, et cetera. But what's so funny is sometimes I'll get attached to one. And then I'm like, right. see the blue journal for, you know, 2011 when this shit happened or right, you know, refer right, to right. X, Y, and Z because it's not chronological. <laughs> and at first it was driving me crazy that I didn't just have one, you know, volume after volume in this chronological order. But I think it's a little quirky and fun now that I have, you know, just maybe like a page. I ran the Chicago Marathon in 2018 uh, after my diagnosis wow. with another uh, breast cancer survivor, because we were like, wow. let's just do something wild and crazy. We weren't going to win the race, obviously. So it just didn't matter what our time was. Right, but, right. you know, but I just went into finished. my journal and like wow. wrote the date, wrote what I did, wrote my time. And like, that was my journal entry. You know, mm-hmm. there was a date like when I bought my condo, then there was a date when I got my little puppy. And so, you know, it's just sometimes there are paragraphs and pages on end. Sometimes they're just like moments that I want to remember the date that something happened. Right. right. So right. that's been really fun. How do you stay inspired from, you know, it sounds like you're really engaged in the writing circles and writing community, the poetry, social media, Twitter, etc. How do you stay engaged? Who should we be following to be inspired? Yeah, part of the conversation is reading other people's blogs. You don't just expect them to read yours. Right. You have to read theirs too and comment on theirs. And and so if somebody pops up on my radar, yeah, you gotta do it. Do you have some favorites? Who should we be looking Yeah, for? so probably Nancy's point. Mm-hmm. Nancy Stordahl. I love her. She was one of my first readers and we've been friends ever since. I just nice. adore her. Um, JBBC, which is Journeying Beyond Breast Cancer, mm-hmm. um, my friend, my friend Brian, who lives in Texas. I lived in Texas for seven years. I don't know how I stumbled on his blog, but it's called Bonniewood Manor. Mm. Bonniewood Manor. And he's so funny. There are so many good blogs out there. I love that. As we wrap up on our conversation, are there any last words or comments you'd like to share with our listeners? Just just look for joy. And remember, if I can find nothing else, the miracle of today, the miracle that I'm even here at all. I look at the stars in the sky and think, how are we the same stuff as those stars? And that will always put a smile on my face because, and then I wonder to myself, did I do enough with today? Did I take it 
the way I should have? Did I treat it as the miracle it is? Did I love it enough? Did I love life enough? Did I love people enough? Did I talk to a friend today? If I didn't, I need to make sure and do that tomorrow. You know, did I tell people I love, I love them? Did I make sure to, you know, spend enough time in the right place, not angry, not angry with my husband, not angry with a situation, not angry with a doctor, not angry with my cancer, but did I spend enough time in that miracle that is just life? That I'm simply here is amazing. If you think of everything it took, everything that it took for us to be here having this conversation in this moment, this breath, this time is so precious. So I take every conversation, every comment, every blog post, every Twitter um, tweet, every phone call, every human being in my life very seriously because they deserve that. They're as miraculous as I am from being here. And that influences my writing as much as anything. Eileen, thank you so much for this inspiration, this courage. I'm going to go out and buy a new journal and then just start writing about it as well. Because, you know, what you are leaving me with is, is hope. This miraculous miracle that we are meeting people across borders because of technology, because of our diagnosis. So many of my amazing friends and our listeners and our readers, like all of you, I would not have met without a cancer diagnosis. I mean, that's the silver lining. And I value every single comment, just like you're saying, Eileen, every single email that you guys are sending to me. You know, it's, these are the moments that I cherish and these are the reasons why, why I keep going. So Thank you all. Pick up your pen, start writing, start journaling. Let me know how your experience is going. We have a couple of writing workshops coming up fall 2021. Check out survivingbreastcancer.org forward slash events for the latest and greatest. And William at survivingbreastcancer.org is always accepting nominations and submissions for poetry. So if you feel so inspired, feel free to send it to him and you'll be featured in an upcoming newsletter. Thank you all again, Eileen. Thank you for being part of the SBC community and being part of Breast Cancer Conversations. Thank you for tuning in and listening to our podcast. If you would like to find out more about our organization and upcoming events and ways to connect, you can find out more by visiting our website at survivingbreastcancer.org. I would like to acknowledge that all of the information on our podcast is from personal experiences and it is not a substitute for professional medical advice. You should always consult your medical care team. If you're looking for specific topics or would like to be a guest on our show, feel free to contact me directly at laura at survivingbreastcancer.org. And of course, we have a couple social media handles you can follow us at as well. For example, survivingbreastcancer.org, all one word, as well as our podcast specifically, Breast Cancer Conversations. Until next time, keep on thriving.